Hello and good morning, everybody. This is Tanya Whitkey from Virtual Kisses speaking to you live from Canada. You're listening to the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio talk show, where we identify the misguided modern day perspectives of the Bible, giving context to the spiritual dynamics of who and what you are via the lens of Rabbi Yeshua and his apostles in the name. On this radio show, we identify subjects and themes that have been misguided from the Bible in the name, verified by pragmatic and experimental researches carried out under the Zane Kai Katura International Institute of Pneumatology. And we would like to give a huge shout out to everyone joining us on Kingdom Purpose Radio, YouTube, and Facebook. If you would like to ask us any questions, feel free to comment on YouTube at Anointed Life or join our Facebook group, Anointed Life Mindset Mentors. Hello and good morning, everybody. So guys, today, um, we are my host courtney king will be is not on air today but i am here live with you with zane pierre so welcome zane boom so it's, it's always a pleasure to be with you all and i look actually excited to continue the series that we're doing here with 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 you this morning the series on the seven aspects of the name yeah yes that's correct. So last week, guys, uh, we talked about the nature of uh, parts of the name would be the nature. We also looked at designation, title, function, and logic. So um, this week, we're going to be looking at species. We're going to talk yes. about that some more. Yes, indeed we are. That's actually a very important aspect of of, um, of walking in the name, because this is actually a, a as 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 um, as everybody should know by now, the what what we're covering here are some of the things that have not been taught to us in our um, in our let's say our westernized Christian culture. Right. And um, this in particular has been, I believe, it's an aspect that has been, um, let's say overlooked not known and that i believe has paused has caused somewhat of a disadvantage to believers internationally um and huge shout out to coach courtney king that's joining Good us morning courtney <laughs> <laughs> glad <Yeah>. you're on <laughs> This has been something that I that I, I firmly believe has been a disadvantage to, to the believers internationally because um, the limitations of the philosophy of the of of the English language has just allowed us to be able to see just one particular facet, which is the use of the name in the context of um, the use of the name in the context of a label where we just refer to God. And we refer to God as a as, as an as a as an individual that is independent of us, mm -hmm. and even more so, referring as this, as this individual independent of, independent of us in the sky. Right, right, right. And that has been something that um, has led to many believers not being able to really capture the essence of what it means to be to know God as Yeshua would know God in the Bible. 
Mm. You know, that Yeshua is actually saying that he's walking in his father's name. And Westernized Christianity, I, I can safely say, has been robbed of really understanding what he means when he says that. And the amount of things um, the amount of things that or the amount of of capturing the essence of what it means to possess the name of God. Mm -hmm. Right? Even even if you look at like not not long ago through the research process, I, used, I, I was very, very heavily involved in, in the um, following rabbis and the interviews. Like there's a ministry that I remember coming across, um, a, a ministry that I, that I remember coming across on YouTube that connects the Christian community to the Jewish community. And so this person goes into Israel and what he what he would do is ask the Israelites and the Jews, and some of, some of them are practicing Jews, ask them what they understand when they hear the concepts that Christians would refer to. Um, what would they What would they say? Yeah. What would What is their perspective of that? Yeah. And I remember there was a question that somebody asked, um, and this is a, this is just a normal practicing Jew that was working in a shop on the road. Average citizen and he said he said something in particular that I, I know a lot of believers would hear it but they don't really understand the weight and the essence of what he's saying. And he said it's something so simple. He said Elijah knew the name of God and because he knew God's name he was able to do the things that he did. And for most believers, we hear that. And we say, okay, well, I know the name of God is, 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 is Yahweh. How come I'm not able to do that? And it's because the philosophy of our English language allows us to only capture the label. And we see him as an individual, as somebody outside in the sky, whilst the person who is from that thought heritage, especially internal thought heritage, understands that name to be something that defines everything about God and so the person that has God's name understands his mindset, understands how he thinks, mm -hmm. understands the logic that he works with, understands him as a as a different species. He understands him as a Yahweh Elohim. Um and in, in the context of his 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 nature, his function, his title, and understanding as a as a as a as a separate species amongst creation that's so, so true there, there is a what you're talking about there is a disconnect where you 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 see him like you said as a person uh, an individual person outside and then there's right. where they see him as um one separate one yeah. entity yeah and one of the things in particular that that has been a, a massive disadvantage even on a greater scale is the context of seeing them outside. Mm -hmm. Because if you understand the name in the scriptures, which is Yahweh, it means to be self-existent. If you under, when you hear the name Yahweh Elohim, to be self-existent and eternal and, and authority and power, just by understanding the name and what it means in the ancient Hebrew, 
means that you cannot understand God outside of yourself. Yeah. Because to understand God, it means that you're going to have to, to have a self-existent perspective of that. Therefore, when you hear Yahweh Elohim in the Hebrew, and what it means, it forbids you to see to see God outside of outside of yourself. That's right. Because if you're seeing mm-hmm. God outside of yourself, you're no longer seeing God self-existently. You're seeing God codependently. You're seeing Him as an independent entity outside of what you are and who you are. And there were books. I mean, throughout the research process on on our website, I, I, I list some of the the um, the the, the um, the material that I use, the books that I've read, to be to, 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 to be able to arrive to, at, at a clear understanding as to what this is. And there are books in particular that explain the Jewish theology. Hmm. And in those books, it actually, show, it actually shows you that you cannot understand God outside of yourself. So when we're saying, when we're talking about one of power and authority, it's almost like you're saying, I am the yes, one you, with power and authority. You have to take on that name to understand that. You cannot understand right. that viewing it. You have to understand that experiencing it. Almost stepping into that shoes and being Step, that. Stepping into that shoes and, and being that exactly. Hmm. Uh, so the the whole context of... Um, the whole context of understanding God is something that is very different for the biblical authors in comparison to what we have grown accustomed to in Greco-Roman-influenced Christianity. Right, And this is what we are familiar with. We see God out in the sky, whilst when they hear Yahweh Elohim, they, understand, they cannot understand God outside of themselves. They have to understand God by experiencing what it means to walk in that name. Right, so last the, the last few. This is part five that we're actually covering today. That's someone of yes. a long intro, <laughs> <laughs> right? But um, the we covered so far the the name as a designation or label, mm-hmm. which okay. is what we are familiar with. We covered the title, which is what mm-hmm. we are not familiar with. We so we spoke about the the, the name being an, an appellation. Just an appellation, just like doctor or attorney or policeman or fireman. These mm-hmm. are appellations that someone takes on because of the function that they're actually taking on, the, the role that they're playing, the, the role that they are functioning in in society. And so the name Yahweh Elohim, the name Yeshua, is now an appellation in the scriptures because it, it belongs to the priesthood of the priesthood of the garden and the priesthood of the New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Right? That title defines the function, which translates into the logic or the mindset that the person who takes on, who the, the priest that takes on this name must adopt, must assimilate. So he is, he is supposed to think through a self-existent process of reasoning. Mm-hmm. And for us in Christ, we have to renew our mindset that because we think through a codependent process of reasoning. We think... The, the priest, the person who takes on that name in the new covenant must think eternally. We think very temporally. The name de- de- demands of you 
or requires of you that you think eternally, which means you do not think that you have only 60 years to live. And we, yeah. covered, we covered the 60 and 70 years that, 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 the Christ, that, that our Westernized Christian church re refers to is actually the time frame that was given to the children of Israel to die in the wilderness because, we also of, their, because of the rebellion against the name. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so we also talked about where uh, we gave a, a demonstration in the Bible where Jesus, um, Lazarus died. Uh -huh. We saw, They saw him as him dead and Jesus saw him as sleeping. So you can see in that demonstration that you said about Jesus, he was he's never thought of a codependent or away from eternity. What he exactly. is. Exactly. He's thinking he's thinking in him so he does not see death. Right. Right. So that's that's so the name requires that you think eternally and, 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 and abandon the temporal way of thinking. The name requires that you think authoritatively and not as a victim to other creation. Right. Imagine almost that. Like you, a, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Almost like a policeman. Your your authority. You you carry out that law. You carry out if something's not in order, you're that you handle it, you take care of it, make sure yes, it's in line. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that name actually helps you come into an understanding that you are not subservient to creation. You're not subservient to anything but the spirit of God in you. Right. And, yeah, and Yahweh, and Yahweh, it puts the same Yahweh in you. It's the same Yahweh that fills all of creation. Therefore, you're in synchronicity with it. You're not subservient to it. Mm -hmm. And the name also means that you are no longer functioning like a victim. You function as an authority. Things do not determine where, where you go. You determine where things go. And the name also means that you not function powerlessly and weak, mm -hmm. depressed. You function in power, inspired by your spirit, strengthened. Right, so that's actually logic, process of reasoning, the function, and we also spoke last week that that function is determined by the nature of the spirit, mm -hmm. and we ex we explain what that nature is. So, if for those of you listening, if you have not, if you have not heard um, the 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 previous episodes, I would strongly encourage you to go back. And so today, what we want to speak about is the species. Yes. All right, we want to speak about the species. What it, what, it, what does it mean? What does it mean to take on the name of Christ? And how does that name redefine you as a species? Mm -hmm. when, when, when you hear species, Tanya, what was what what comes to mind? Well, like a family, uh, a, a family of a certain certain kind of beings. Like um, a family of lions or a family of, that's a species, a family of humans or as a species, <laughs> you very, know, very that's cool. what I, when I hear that word. And, and, and that, that is, is the, and, and believe it or not, that is the context of um, the, that is the context of the believers in the New Testament. Right? That's the context of the believers in the New Testament. That's, been, that's, that's the context of those who were part of the, um, let's say, um, part of the circle of the circumcised. 
mm. they was they were supposed to be identifying with the name and, and and believe it or not that is the context that starts in the garden of eden so fun fact about the garden <laughs> tell us tell us what's the fun fact <laughs> fun, fun fact about the garden of eden is that the garden the garden of eden is we all know that the garden of eden is the foundation of all scripture yeah right yes right and that means that the garden is the foundation of the entire concept of what heaven is it is also the foundation of what we are supposed to understand creation to be and it also sets the precedent as to what concepts you start with to understand what the authors of the scriptures are referring to hmm. and one of the fun one of the fun facts about the garden is that in the garden of eden um in the garden of eden there is nothing in the garden of eden that is created that is not a species Mm -hmm. everything that was created especially um especially with regards to trees especially with regards to the the animals as well as the as well as the man in the garden they are all species and even more, and even more interesting is that in the in the context of the garden of eden the way we define what a species is is not really what the garden defines a species is, as a species as. And what I mean by that is, um, the Garden of Eden to the ancient Hebrews, everything that is created in the garden was a word or breath of God. Following that? I'm following, definitely. Every aspect of creation as created was a word of God or a breath of God. Right? It reminds me of when uh, Father said, uh, brought, or the animals came to Adam and he wanted to see what he would name them. So every breath that Adam spoke, exactly. it became breathed, what it is. He breathed the breath of life into the animal, mm -hmm. right? Into the dust. And it represented a, a, a component of the character of Yahweh Elohim. Now, here's an interesting thing. In the context of the garden, when that breath was breathed, whether there's a tree, the animals, or Yahweh Elohim, or the man in the garden, when he repeat, when that when that create when that creation reproduces after its own kind. Is reproducing the same spirit of its of, of its father or its predecessor, mm -hmm. which means if it reproduces a thousand generations, 
the same the same breath that started in the garden is the same breath that is at the thousand generations it's amazing huh <laughs> because it's multiplying itself it's not mm -hmm. a different person no we have a problem grasping that in our westernized culture because we think that every person that is born we give them a different identity Mm -hmm. And so we might say, well, this person is Jack, this person is John, this person is, is Jill, this person is Harry, this person is Mary, this person is Tanya. Mm -hmm. But in the context of the garden, watching from any garden, whatever is the title of that creation in the garden, that is the same person that is in the garden, is the same person that is the thousand generation. So it sees yeah, it 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 a species as the multiplication of one and the same person. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I can actually see, um, like what you said with the trees, let's give that as an example. That first tree that has been spoken breath to is, it's like a long mirror of the same tree. If you guys can picture tree. a mirror going on forever, it's exactly. a new source. Exactly. Yeah. And in, in, the, in the context of the garden, you eating from that tree right now is literally eating from the same breath that was spoken of in that garden. I want you to think about that. You are still eating from the garden. The same breath that was in that garden is the same breath that is that tree right now. It's the same breath that, that, that is that tiger right now. The same breath, that's the same person because in the context of the garden, because the man was created first and he reproduced heaven and earth. Everything, everything that he created is a person and multiplication of a person. So in the context of the garden, the tree is seen as a person. The animal is seen as a person. Hmm. Everything is seen as a person because he is a person and he could only reproduce after his own kind. Right? This is why you see like Jesus casting devils other people and he's referring to the sickness as a person because in the context of the garden you can only reproduce after your own kind so if he's a person he's reproducing persons right in the form of various in various forms so when adam fell in darkness he was reproducing persons of darkness the right? persons of darkness exactly to reap death in the earth right and and, and even on that note only when man finds himself outside of the garden does he start to give every individual aspect of him every every re reproduction a separate name mm -hmm. and he names the woman eve and he calls himself adam because that was not so in the garden in the garden it was male and female yahweh elohim adam mm -hmm. in the garden he was seen as a species and therefore whether you're male or female or the thousand generation you're the same yahweh elohim adam and so because Yeshua now has restored the breath of life into humanity and brought everybody back into the garden, back into the New Jerusalem, mm -hmm. Paul is now trying to voice the same thing. He's trying to tell you that there's no more male and female, like just like it was in the garden. There's no more male and female. There's no more individuals. All are one Christ Jesus. So the mirror, again, the mirror effect all through Jesus were all the same as he is so are we in this world we are keeping with your analogy all of us are just the same mirror effect of this yahweh, of this yahweh yeshua hmm. of this jesus so now jesus is no longer just this individual 
he said that it was better for him to go and that's because when he by doing that he became the species he became the realm right so this is now a race of yeshua before the cross is the race of adam now is a race of 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 of, of yeshua before before the cross it was the species of adam that was multiplying from the first garden right back down to yeshua through that through that resurrection now it's the species of christ jesus what do you think about that um tanya <laughs> i think it's amazing <laughs> how about you viewers out there what do you guys think uh write your comments below you know give your thoughts on what you just heard so far because right. it's really good to know these things about yourself about what christ has done for you yeah yes so. you are a new species a new humanity a new species and, you, and this species is called as is called jesus or yeshua yeshua so here's something in particular because yeshua took on his father's name which is yahweh Elohim. Yahweh Elohim is Yeshua, and therefore that breath in you is Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh Elohim mm -hmm. in, in flesh is now called Yeshua. Yahweh Elohim in flesh in the garden was called Adam. Yahweh Elohim, Adam. Yahweh Elohim in flesh through Jesus' resurrection is now Yahweh Elohim, Yeshua. So Jesus is like the upgraded species, mm -hmm. right? the new species, which is why he's called the last Adam. Because he's the upgraded Adam, right? He's the upgrade. <laughs> yeah, and he Adam, he also Christians. Jesus also said, if if he is the upgrade, he says, all power and authority is given to me in heaven and earth, and mm -hmm. who has he given it to? Exactly. The church, which is his body, which is his you. body. So he's no longer just this individual. He's now a species, right? Multiplying itself. Now. Before we even look at what Yahweh Elohim does for the definition of a species, let's just get some context with regards to what a species is. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> so, um, one of the words that is actually used as a parallel for species in the Bible, which, which is why you don't see the word species in the Bible, it uses the word kind. Right? Reproduce after your own kind. Now, there, there, there are two things in particular that, that we need to take into consideration here. Most of us have been taught that man was created on the sixth day. Right, that's so On true. the sixth day of creation. And that's because for those of you who have been taught that, you've been taught to read the Bible through the westernized, the westernized logic system of, um, of logic, which is what is referred to as step logic. And in step logic, you've been taught to understand everything. It is just our cultural understanding to understand data in chronological sequence, which is why you read from chapter one, you read into chapter two, chapter three, and you're trying to find the chronological data. And it doesn't make sense when you read chapter one and chapter two because it is not written chronologically. Right? It's written in ancient Hebrew logic system of logic which is called blocked logic mm -hmm. and in the blocked logic chapter one and chapter two are really parallel chapters so 
when God said, let there be light in chapter one, it's actually, it's actually paralleled by God breathing the breath of life into the dust. So the breath and the, and the breath of life are one and the same, which is why when Jesus exhales the breath on the cross, the place goes back to darkness because the light in the garden was the breath of life in the man. Right? Without, right. I, I want to say, say that again. Please listen to what I'm saying. For those of you listening, the light in the garden is the breath of life in the man, which means the spirit fills all things through the breath of life in the man. So when you hear that, let there be light. It means let there be living Yahweh Elohim. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So the spirit of God filling the man is what connects him to the full to, 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 to the whole universe. The spirit of God filling man is what connects him, connects the spirit to, to all things dust. Because the dust that was gathered in the Garden of Eden, according to the ancient Hebrews, was not just dust to make the man, it was like God took a sample of the dust and therefore God bringing the breath in, of life into the dust is the spirit of God filling all dust in all of creation. So, that, so, the, so the entire universe is a person. It is not a thing. All right? And it, uh, the way I, I'm seeing it right now too is when he filled the dust with let there be light, that is, if you guys can imagine that, that is power within man, Yahweh Elohim, man, right. and Yahweh Elohim, earth. Exactly. So it's, it's good when he said, when he made the, all things, it was good. There was right. no which, darkness. Which is where the term, which is where the term heaven and earth comes from, as you mentioned it. Because heaven is the breath of life. Earth is the, is the dust that, is called, that was called Adam. And because the man is heaven and earth, he reproduced heaven and earth. Mm. He has he's reproducing after his own kind. Now the word kind in, is actually found in Genesis narrative, and it is referred, it is used as a parallel to refer to species of trees, animals, and also the man. Therefore, the word kind is actually defined by Miriam Webster dictionary as a category. Of beings yeah. a, spe a specific or recognized variety right kind is also used to define a fundamental nature or quality a particular essence right kind is also used to define um, what is also called a sort Mm. Right? A sort of being. The word kind is synonymous for species. A species is also a class of individuals having common attributes and designated by a common name. I'm going to read that again. A species is a class of individuals having common attributes and designated by a common name. We read that one more time. A class. <laughs> species is a kind and a class of individuals having common attributes and designated by a common name which means 
the animal, the tiger, is a class of, 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 of animal having common attributes and designated by a common name, tiger. The giraffe is a class of, of, of animals having common attributes and designated by a common name, giraffe. And so the man in the garden is, is actually also called a kind and a species. And therefore, he's a class of Yahweh Elohim having common attributes and designated by a common name, Yahweh Elohim. I don't know about you guys out there, but when you're saying all this, Zane, um, I can see scripture where um, all of earth is giving glory to God. You can see that in that species, what you're talking about. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And that also means that when man fell outside of the garden and began to use ex his ex um, other creation as a source of comparison to define himself, that is the first time man calls himself Adam and not Yahweh Elohim, because Yahweh Elohim is the title of the breath. Because he's using things externally, he began to identify with his body. He's beginning to identify with the dust. And that's the first time he calls himself dust. Therefore, the term human being, you are human, comes is a term that you refer to yourself as outside of the garden. I want to say that again. Let me say that again. <laughs> a lot of people, first time you're go hearing ahead, this thing. The term human being, I'm human, is a term that is that that has that was come about about your identity. It is is that it is a term of identity that came about outside of the garden. That's a term that came about in the desert, in in, in the garden narrative. In the garden, you function from spirit, and therefore you identify with your spirit first. And the spirit gives context to your body. Mm. Listen, uh, listen up, eh? <laughs> we, we have been using, we have been taught to use our body to give context to our spirit. In the, in the garden, you identify with the spirit first, and the spirit is what gives context to the body. Why is this significant? Because if you use an external reference point in the context of the Garden of Eden, through the lens of the ancient Hebrews, if we are using an external reference point to define ourselves like money, mm -hmm. then you have just changed your species. And you are resonating you are, you are becoming the image and likeness of another creation, and so you become the species of that creation. Therefore, your body is merely a representation of the species that you've taken on in your spirit. That probably blows people some, some people's minds. because we I have been think taught, so. We have been taught to see ourselves as a race, and we determine race by skin color, which is an outside the garden perspective of race. It's not a God thought or a God mindset, right? No, no. Inside the garden, for you to actually use your skin color as a reference point for race is an act of codependency. And it's also comparing your spirit to something that has been created. In the context of the garden, you determine your race by 
the, 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 the species or the creation that you mirror. Right. Therefore, if you're using, for example, um, money as a reference point, academic accomplishments, you are actually forming yourself as a particular as a as a as a as a particular type of species. That's why You'll in the Guardian, yeah. Sorry. That's why that's all right. That's why in the garden you notice that when the man eats from the tree and uses using the tree as his wisdom, he dresses himself up as a tree because he's now identifying as a species of tree. And Just then like he in the money effect. And then he hides himself amongst trees. It's the same thing with people who actually have common reference points in society. Hmm. They dress themselves up with the money and they find themselves around their species. That is other people who also use money as a reference point. Hmm. So in the context of the garden, you determine your species by what you give priority. And so if you are God's breath and you identify with the spirit of God in you, then you are identifying as a species of God. And what comes out of you around you would be the man, like the manifestations of what Father looks like. Exactly. Healing the sick. Um, um, your words are life. You'll I just said my, yeah, my my spirit, my my words are life. Like he, Jesus would say, um, everything that you do would bring life. Where you go, you'd bring life. Exactly. So what, what you see there is you're reproducing after your own kind. Right? Now listen to this. Every species also has their own sound. Here, 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 here I'm saying that again, right? Every species, <laughs> every species has been created with their own sound. Mm. A tiger does not song like a giraffe. The dog does not song like a lion. The lion does not song like a hyena because they have their own sound. In the Garden of Eden, you are breath into dust, and so you identify with the breath. And if you identify yourself with the breath of God in you, which is the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost in you, Christ in you, then you are a species of Yahweh Elohim, Yeshua. Very important to understand that. If you start to identify with external things, you are, you are changing your species. And you have the power to do that because you have the spirit of Elohim in you. Mm -hmm. Right? So you, you identify with the breath of God in you, the spirit of God in you, and you become a species of Yahweh Elohim, like in the garden. Now hear this. Every spirit, every species in the garden has its own voice. Therefore, Yahweh Elohim only speaks the promises of God. That's their voice. That's the voice of their species. That's why the new covenant is structured in that way. The new covenant is not a legal system. It's a system to keep you in line with yourself as a species of Yahweh Elohim, Yeshua. <clears throat> so the promises of God are spoken by the same name, the same breath that you have in you. And therefore, when you come into the covenant, the covenant holds you in line to speak the words of your kind, to speak the words of your species. And that is 
the promises of God in the scriptures. Therefore, if you are speaking something that is not in the promises of God, you're speaking like, well, what the doctors say, what the news say, what Google say, <laughs> you are speaking and thinking words and thoughts that are not of your species. Because it's very important. Wow. The doctors are not using the Spirit of God as a reference point. The news is not using the Spirit of God as a reference point. Google is not using the Spirit of God as a reference point. Therefore, they are their own species. In the spiritual realm, they are their own species. That... Well, sorry, I just read a comment here. When evil blood cries out, was that the voice of a species? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So that that basically is it it comes back to that. It comes back to the fact that the promises of God are the voice, are designed to be the voice of your species, which is why believers, when they come into the covenant, the covenant actually requires of you that you take on Yeshua as your covenant and identity, as your appellation, as your system of logic, as your nature, as your species, and therefore the promises of God that you're renewing your mind to are really the, the, the words and the thoughts of your kind, of your species. So it's almost like we live in this world, but we live by our species way of uh, thinking, um, way of doing things in the earth. We can, we can do everything everybody does, but our mindset is strictly from the name because we yes. see ourselves as that. Stay in your species. <laughs> <laughs> in the species. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Here, here's, listen to this, right? Here's some other definitions in your dictionary that also resonates with the ancient Hebrew perspective of a species. An individual or kind belonging to a, to a biological species. A mental image. That's exactly what I was referring to just now. Mm -hmm. In the context of scripture, whatever you're using as your reference point, you're using, you have created a mental image of yourself using that reference point. If you want to know what you look like using the Spirit of God, what is the mental image of what you look like using the Spirit of God inside of you? Go to Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 to 16, or watch the priest, the high priest in the Old Testament. The regalia that that priest is dressed with mm -hmm. demonstrates what the mental image of your spirit looks like. What is the mental image using the breath of Yahweh Elohim showing you? What is the mental image of that breath look like? Look at the priest in the Old Testament or look at Revelation chapter 1 verses 12 to 16. Yeah, and the Word of God also says that you, you, the promises... If you look at the promises and then turn away like in a mirror and you forget who you are, that's eh, not a good thing. You want to keep looking. Exactly. You want to keep looking at that. Now imagine Miriam Webster defines exactly what I just explained because some, some people may hear that and that sounds crazy, but that is also in your dictionary. A species mm -hmm. is also defined by a mental image because to the ancient Hebrews, the mental image that you take on 
because you are spirit first, you define your species in the spiritual realm by the mental image that you take on of yourself. So if you use money to define what you look like, you've just defined yourself as a species using that reference point. You are money species. If you're using academic accomplishments, your career as your reference point, that's a mental image that you create and you've created yourself as a species. And guess and what? You go finding those of your own kind. Yeah, and that's kind of looking away from your mirror, right? If you're looking at money or or a career or whatever. Not saying that you can't have money and not saying, guys, that you can't have a career. But if you look away from the mirror of your species into those careers or those money, then you've taken on a different mindset, a, a different species. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. It's, it's, it's spot on. Mental image. This is in the dictionary. Zin is not making it up. Hashtag. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) And another definition of species here is an an object of thought correlative with a natural object. An object of thought correlative with a natural object. In context of the script here is an object of thought correlative with your spirit. So once you define your what your your mental image of yourself from what your spirit from from your spirit using the spirit of the spirit of God inside of you as a reference point, you've now establish yourself as a species of Yahweh Elohim in the spiritual realm. And -hmm. therefore, the creation now respects its creator and possessor. Because you are now in the name of Christ Yeshua, the creator and possessor of heaven and earth. And this is where nature in in the word says they long for the sons and daughters to be made manifest because they know now. It is exactly species. They, they know their kind, they know their species, and this is what believers need to wake up to. They need to wake up to that. So when we now look at this, now you're, now you're looking at yourself as the God species, Yahweh Elohim species, the Yeshua species. And that means that you are the self-existent species. You're a species that never look at any other creation to define yourself. You are self-existent. As a, and this self-existent race of priests is a, is a race of priests we are the creator species we are the creators and possessor of heaven and earth species starting from the first which is now yahweh which is now yahweh elohim yeshua christ yeshua mm. jesus and so now we look at ourselves from that and we don't define ourselves by anything external we don't think temporally mm. we think eternally here's here's a fun fact for you right Fun fact, carry on. <laughs> Fun fact. Do you know that there are animals that they have found? Right? I know we kind of come in closely. To time to wrap up here. Right. But do you know that there are animals that they have found in the deepest parts of the ocean that are 500 years old? Like turtles? Turtles, they mm-hmm. found whales that are a thousand years old. Think about what I'm saying here. There are trees that exist at a thousand years of age. How is it that all of creation came from the Yahweh Elohim Adam? You are saying that you are supposed to live 60 to 70 years, but the creation that came from your spirit outliving you. If you're reproducing after your own kind, doesn't that mean that you should be outliving the creation that is that that is living one thousand years of course i want i want i want all of the, all <laughs> listeners to think about that secondly 
the earth, heaven and earth. What we call earth here, it's actually said to be 25 billion years old. How is it that the earth is actually outliving, heaven and earth is outliving you if it's 25 billion years old? It's still from the breath from the beginning. If it is from hmm. the breath, then it is, you're supposed to be, it is actually a reproduction of the kind that it came from. And if it comes from the spirit of Yahweh Elohim, Yeshua in you, Yeshua in you, then you are not supposed to be living any less than that. Do you know that, that a, do you know that a galactic year? A galactic hmm. year is how long it takes for our solar system to, 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 to revolve around the galaxy, to orbit the galaxy. You know, a galactic year is 225 million years. How is it? How is it a galactic year, 225 million years that came and was put in order by the spirit that is in you? You possess that spirit as your own spirit. It's, you're breathing that spirit in your nose, in your nostrils, mm -hmm. according, to, according to Job. And you are saying that you're supposed to only live 60 to 70 years. That's disrespectful to your kind. It's almost like our kind, um, like, yeah, stop the flow, like, of not knowing their name. Stop yeah. the flow. And you are attached to other things, like what happened in the garden still, the fall. And the light in you is dimming every year that goes by you don't know. And, here, and here's something very even more interesting. What is time? We define time in our in our in, in on, on in our civilization by how long it takes for the earth to revolve on its axis. We call that 24 hours. Right, yeah. We we call that one day. Mm -hmm. We measure a year by how long it takes our planet, Earth, to revolve around the sun. We call that one year. 365 days. So the um It, it, I don't, what, what's my, I'm sorry, but Donald Davis says, I hope, yeah, you yeah, don't take a galactic year to grasp this. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I echo that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, watch this we measure a year by how much times the earth revolves around its axis when it makes its orbit around the sun. It revolves around the axis 365 times or 266 mm -hmm. times and what 265 260 265 and a quarter times yeah 265 and a quarter times for it it it, it takes sorry we count the amount of time that the earth revolves on its axis which is 365 and a quarter times whilst it is orbiting the sun Right. We, we call that one year. Do you know that one year for Pluto is 248 of Earth years? In other words, if we're using the orbit of the sun to measure a year and 365 revolutions of the Earth in the orbit of the sun, in its orbits around the sun, Pluto orbits around the sun one of Pluto's orbit around the sun would be 248 years on, the, on, on Earth on our measurement of what a year is here. 
Mm-hmm. If you go to Saturn, what we call 24 hours is just five hours on Saturn. Saturn retreats on its axis in five hours. We, we actually measure it at 24 hours. My point is that time is not fixed. Time is relative to what you define it to be. Um, yeah, I remember scripture too now that comes to mind would be Father saying a thousand years is like a day. Is like a so day. So technically, time doesn't exist. We in the dust realm, uh, to put it that way, make time so that we can count the years and days and keep track of what we're doing here. But technically, if you take those out of the equation, there's really no time. Now, if you take what, what is written in the scriptures there as the words of your kind, that means that you have to get back to seeing a thousand years as a day. Mm-hmm. And, a, and, a, and, a, and a day as a thousand years. Because time, time really is measured subjectively. And it depends on the, on the planet that you're on. Because if you're living on Pluto, if we move to Pluto tomorrow, that means that if you if you have to be 50 years on Pluto, 50 multiplied by 248 is how much? Let, let me do some maths. Yeah. <laughs> right? 248 multiplied by 50. Do that in there. It's 12. If you if you if you decide you're moving to Pluto and you want to measure your years. How many years you live in and you and you and you keep the use of the the the, the revolution of the the orbit of the of the planet around the sun and you move to pluto with that logic 50 years here would be just 50 50 years of 50 years and a year is 300 365 revolutions of of the earth on its on its axis if you move to pluto and live 50 years on pluto that will be equal to 12,400 years on it Whoa. <laughs> so so what is time? <laughs> you can see, guys, you can see this time effect when you're in the dust. Uh, just to give you a, um, a little understanding of what it, what it looks like. Um, when you are running in time, you notice you are in a hurry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you're in that movement of the dust when it's like, I got to get to work on this certain time. And you're just in a rush and everything just seems to fall apart around you. You're out of God's mindset or you're the name. You're out of it. You're in that yeah. time yeah. logic thinking. Yes, mom. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's, it's food for thought. Mm-hmm. Because very much so. What what you just mentioned there is now you don't you now define yourself as a if you're using time as a reference point you now define yourself as a species called time <laughs> <laughs> and you're running like time. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. When you actually think about it, it's it what funny. we do. <laughs> <laughs> and and we actually trying to use time as a reference point when time was established by us in the garden to measure mm -hmm. seasons, which means mm -hmm. if it is established, if it is created by us, it is not, we do not define ourselves by it. It is defined by us. Right. 
we do not we do not we are not cultivated and kept by it we cultivate and keep that mm-hmm. right but we have to actually get back to being the species that we are and that means even the awareness of time has to fade away because we have used it as a reference point and and whatever you use as a reference point you begin to become the image and likeness of that mm-hmm. and there and therefore you have now limited yourself to that species or to that reference point so come back to the reference point of the spirit in you. And let's not take a galactic year, as Donald Davis says. Let's not take a galactic <laughs> year to that to get that. <laughs> so it, it it is living in this world, like um the scripture says, but not right. being part of the world. Like those things exist, they do. Or right. we can call them other entities or whatever, but we live above that and we control them. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We do, we do so, um, I think we only got a few more minutes, Zane. Um, is there anything else you'd like well, to add? Or? No, I, I think that I've, I've, I've laid this out in a way that our listeners should understand. I hope I did. And um, I want to encourage you all to actually, everyone, to, to reconsider this whole idea that you're human. If you're coming to Christ, you need to re- to reevaluate that because human comes the term human, and the context of human comes from outside the garden. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not an inside the garden perspective. That's using creation to define yourself, whilst where we function in the context of the garden, you define yourself by this by your spirit and whatever your spirit is, that's your species. And if your spirit is Yahweh Elohim then that's your species. You are Elohim species. You are Yahweh species. And you, make it, you need to begin to see yourself from there because that is what a priest does. He yeah. takes on the fullness of the name. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is, so far we've covered, that's a label, that is a title that defines your function, your mindset, your logic, defines the nature, it defines your species. Next week, we will cover how it defines your essence. Yes. It defines so, the essence, and then the, the last, which will be part six, part seven, will be how it defines your realm, because your spirit is a self is a self contained realm, and that, and your spirit is also the New Jerusalem. So your spirit is a realm, and we def, will we define what that means for your imagination, because your covenant, the the. the dictates that your imagination is supposed to be held responsible to the realm of its spirit mm-hmm. and that realm is what we call heaven amen so guys um stay tuned for uh, these next two weeks to listening to um what we're what's being given to you guys it's going to be good so all of you out there thank you for listening to the reboot your biblical perspective radio show with myself tanya whitkey courtney king and zane pierre Mm. um learn more about the name guys by joining us on facebook group the anointed life mindset mentor or visit our website at www.internationalinstituteofnumentology.com blessings and much love bye everybody and and don't forget to find your facebook page reboot your biblical perspective Live radio talk show, Facebook page, check it out. Boom.